the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Welcome to Heart of the City. I'm your host, Adrian Tijerina, Director of Local Ministry at 820 AM The Word. Thanks for tuning in today. On this program, we highlight churches, nonprofit organizations, and ministries to hear stories of how God is moving in the Pacific Northwest. And one of my greatest hopes for this program is to get you connected with these churches. Don't just listen to this program and think, oh, that's a cool church. I really would like you to consider, if you live in the neighborhood, uh, if you want to just give and contribute, just prayerfully consider that because God wants his people on the move today. Today I'm joined by Pastor Dave Evanger, lead pastor of Sedaris Church in the Wallingford neighborhood of North Seattle, Washington. It's so great to have you in the studio today, brother. And uh, yeah, great to have you on the program. Yeah, it's great to be here. It's been good for me to learn all the neighborhoods in Seattle because I moved here from Portland and it's been so difficult for me to just wrap my head around everything. So it's great to know where your church is and kind of how you're plugged into the rest of the city. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of a maze, but you figure your way around. So yeah, you'll, you'll figure it out. Right next to uh, U District, in between U District and Fremont, that's uh, Wallingford. So, mm-hmm. well, I know that you are the lead pastor of Sedaris Church, and it's a relatively long, young church. So, I'd love to hear more about that. And how long have you been in Seattle? Yeah, well, I grew up in uh, the Seattle area and uh, went to University of Washington. And uh, left for seven years before coming back to start Sedaris Church seven years ago, actually. We're, we're wow. celebrating this Sunday our mm-hmm. seven-year anniversary as a church. So it's a big week for us. Excited, um, you know, to have been here for seven years. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, this is my home uh, town and, you know, I'm a, I'm a Seattleite through and through, which is rare these days mm-hmm. to uh, find people who are from here, yeah. living here. Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to hear a little bit about your story, uh, your journey with Jesus and how you ended up uh, here, because I know that you spent some time away from Seattle as well. So would you share a little bit uh, just about your story and how you came to know the Lord and and how you got into the ministry you're doing today? Yeah, I'd love to share. Um, it's been a It's been a wild ride. So, you know, like I said, I went to University of Washington. I got a master's degree in accounting and took a job with one of the big four accounting firms, Deloitte. Uh, that took me down to Dallas, where I spent four years. And uh, while working as and uh, in, in financial statement audit on you know big corporate accounts, um, thought my life was going to be in in the business world. And mm-hmm. I'm the son of a of a businessman. My father was the CFO of QFC, which is a mm-hmm. big grocery store up here. And and uh, thought that would be my route too. And so I was sort of started on my career working for Deloitte. And, and then in 2007, uh, it was actually St. Patrick's Day 2007, mm-hmm. I got a phone call uh, from my dad. And my older sister, Kim, had been in a bicycling accident and mm-hmm. she had been killed. Um, 
So I walked into this back alley because mm-hmm. uh, I was actually at a St. Patrick's Day parade and cried out to God for wow. 25, 30 minutes, just uh, completely beside myself, didn't mm-hmm. know what to do. My life was torn upside down. And um, yeah, it was in that moment that uh, the Lord showed up. Mm-hmm. I had I was a Christian. I'd grown up in the church. and um, But in that moment, I met God in a way that I'd never met him before. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my vision went completely... Uh, white and mm. i received what i call a download from mm. from the lord a message from my sister kim mm. asking me to ask her friends to consider jesus so mm. um this word consider has been at the heart of uh, our entire ministry i shared this message that uh, god had given to me to share at her memorial i shared it at her memorial and mm-hmm. uh, back up here in in seattle and um and it really was God uh, wanting people uh, to truly consider who he was. Yeah. And uh, my sister Kim was 26 at the time when she passed away. And uh, she was a truly magnetic, um, wonderful woman, and, and people were drawn to her. There was about 1,200 people at her memorial. Oh, wow. And many of them didn't know that, that that special thing about her was her relationship with Christ. And yeah. so. Uh, from that time on, you know, I've changed in my perspective on, on like you said, um, waiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do we wait or do we share now? Yeah. How do we have that eternal uh, perspective where um, there's some urgency to yeah. asking people to consider Jesus? Mm-hmm. So, so that happened in 2007, the year after I continued to work in my job in accounting, yeah. um, but God kept pressing this message of consider on my heart and uh, this idea to do a benefit concert for um, my sister um, came about and and uh, we planned this this concert started a foundation in her name and mm-hmm. we called it the consider concert mm-hmm. we did it at the showbox theater here in Seattle wow. right across from Pike's place and uh-huh. um, did that in 2008 and uh, a lot of people showed up and shared the message again. Mm-hmm. You know, don't wait to consider Jesus. And, yeah. And uh, it was such a success. We said, feels like we should probably do that again. The next year, 2009, we did okay. it again. And in between that time, I really felt like God was um, making it very uncomfortable to stay working yeah. in the business world. And and for me, you know, it came to the point where uh, I had to leave. So that was in 2008 which is kind of wild because that was sort of the financial crash. Yeah. People Mm -hmm. were saying, what are you doing? And at that time, I didn't really know what I was going to do. Yeah. But I left. We did the second uh, Consider concert at the the Moore Theater, which is in downtown Seattle, great music venue. And and then through that, I felt, you know what? I think this is what God wants me to do more full time. So I applied to some seminaries Mm -hmm. and ended up going back to seminary and studied. If I'm going to ask people to consider yeah. Jesus for the rest of my life, I got to make sure, you know, that I've I've considered fully even though yes. uh yeah. I had a relationship with Christ and it was during that those years of seminary when I went I went to Denver Seminary and I got plugged in with a church plant mm-hmm. in downtown Denver that was really ministering to 20-somethings, 30-somethings which has always sort of been my heartbeat because of my sister's age when she passed away. The the Consider Mm -hmm. message has always been for them. So um, I saw 
this church actually doing this thing that yeah. I felt called to, and I, I didn't know much about church planning. I, I was growing up in bigger churches, didn't really realize sure, this yeah. was still a thing that was mm-hmm. happening. And I got really close with those pastors. Those pastors um, started to talk to me about, hey, have you ever considered church planting? Yeah. And I said, not really. And so I was already in seminary, but never thought I'd be a pastor. And then I saw this this very evangelistic yeah. way of doing church, which is church planning, and uh, my eyes just lit up, and, and yeah. the, sort of the rest is history. They convinced me to plant a church, and uh, God made it very clear that Seattle was where he wanted me to come back to, um, this place that didn't have uh, a lot of thriving, gospel-centered, Christ-centered, yeah. um, Bible-preaching churches. So. Mm-hmm. You know, just God made it very clear. I, I always say it's like it was like I put my arms in that jacket to, mm-hmm. of Seattle, and it just fit right. Yeah. And, you know, I was a little bummed because it's so sunny in mm-hmm. Denver. You know, it's three hundred days of sun. Yes, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, that's right. You know, but God, God brought me back to where uh, the story had begun, and so we moved back here in 2013. Me and my wife and. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up uh, launching Sedaris Church in 2015. That's wonderful. You know, I love that story of redemption, really, because in those times of of difficulty, um, my brother passed away when he was 23. He had had a battle with cancer. And it was in those moments that I really – I, I had to lean into God more, you know. Um, at that at that point, I just had bought my Bible, this Bible actually, in front of me, and um, and we, I was just reading the scriptures, and I just was asking God, is this is this real or what? And we found out about my brother, and and through his his battle with cancer, my relationship with Jesus grew even more. And it wasn't, yeah. And when you look back and you and you reflect on those things during that time, it's so it's so hard, and it's so. There's so much pressure, and it's it just feels like you're just being, um, <laughs> you know, there's just so much coming at you emotionally and spiritually. But uh, on the other side of that is just a, a beautiful relationship with Jesus and a, a, a mission to tell others uh, about the freedom that we find in him. So I love that, brother. Thank you yeah, for sharing absolutely. that. absolutely. You know, I always tell people that moment um, when God delivered that, that 30 minutes of getting the phone call and then... Yeah. Him showing up in my life. I would say that's like the worst 30 minutes of my life yes. and mm-hmm. the best 30 minutes of yeah. my life mm-hmm. um, because obviously I lost my sister um, for now, but I, I gained a new perspective on who God really was, yes. you mm-hmm. know, and the doubts that I'd had and, um, and, and, and any um, – <laughs> even, even I felt like in that moment like – my faith was, uh, you know, being challenged in a way. Yeah. Do I really believe God is good? And that yes. he showed up for me. That's my story. He showed up for me right in that moment and said, yes, I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. And all those things that I would have said I believed, now I believed. I had this new knowledge, this yes. experiential uh-huh. knowledge of who God was that I had never had um, before that. Um, yeah. So it was truly, you know, it was up and down the next few years after that. But knowing God was was real in a way I never knew before yeah, um, you know, I'm just very thankful. Yeah, and I love how those experiences, I think, um, color the rest of our life, you know, because uh, there's moments uh, I know for me that, like, if, if I find myself in a really challenging place, I can reflect on God's faithfulness. Absolutely. And, and also remember just how his word says he's He's the same. Yeah. You know, so that faithfulness that you experienced in those moments is going to be that faithfulness that you experience uh, even further in your life and stuff. I love that, brother. Yeah, absolutely. 
Hey, listener, it's Adrian. Just wanted to say thank you for tuning in. It's such a blessing to have these conversations with ministry leaders right here in the Pacific Northwest. And I wanted to invite you, if you have a ministry, a pastor, maybe you're just so excited about the work that's happening in your church, I'd love for you to reach out to me and let me know. The reason this program exists is so we can encourage one another in the Lord, as the scriptures say. Feel free to give me a call at 206-269-6208. That's 206-269-6208. Or you can go to thewordseattle.com and find the Heart of the City page. On that page, you're going to see the archive of all the previous episodes we've done, featuring churches, ministries, and even the hosts of many of the programs you hear right here on 820 AM The Word. So go to the Heart of the City page. You're going to find all the contact information so you can reach out to me and let me know about the amazing work Jesus is doing right here in the Pacific Northwest. Now back to the interview. You are listening to Heart of the City, and we are joined by Pastor Dave Evanger of Sedaris Church in the Wallingford neighborhood of North Seattle. And I got to encourage you guys, if you live in that neighborhood, I want you to plug into this church. I mean, we're just hearing a little bit about his story personally, and we're going to talk about the church. But wow, what an opportunity for you to plug into a local ministry that's making an impact. So brother, it's great to have you in the studio. I'd love to ask you just your experience as a church planter. I'm sure it's been a great challenge to you. Uh, especially in a city like Seattle. So um, what's that been like for you, and what's been the greatest challenges for you as a church planting pastor? Well, yeah, the list is long. (laughs) The list is long. But, um, you know, I think uh, my story being one of of this very specific message to help people consider Jesus, um, the night before my sister's memorial, I looked up the word consider. I tried to change the word because I thought it was a little soft, a little weak. Hmm. And hmm. I found out it came from these two Latin roots, com, which means with, and mm-hmm. sedaris, which means heavenly body. So hmm. from the outset, sort of, I felt my mission is to help people consider or think about life, make their decisions about life with their heavenly body in mm. mind, that the yeah. resurrection body. So it's really helping people think with an eternal mindset. Hmm. And so our ministry has uh, traditionally, up to this point, really been geared to young working professionals, those people who um, actually have the hardest time looking at life from an eternal perspective. Yeah. They, they, they feel like, you know, they've got the world in their hands and they're starting their careers and mm-hmm. now they've got money and they're in a fast-paced city like Seattle. And um, they have a hard time just pausing and realizing yeah. that right now isn't all that will be. And so that's like the hardest challenge is to get them to actually stop and consider yeah. <laughs> what um, what life, the decisions they make now, how that will affect their life going forward, not only in the next uh, 50 or 60 years, but uh, for all eternity. So um, that's hard in Seattle, as you might imagine, mm. um, to really get people uh, to, to zoom out a little bit. And, and we know... Um, that they're only going to be here for a short amount of time. Yeah. Seattle's a transitory city, so mm. uh, people come and they go. And and so we, f- we feel like uh, this is both a great opportunity that we have a chance to give them a view of what um, the church really is, mm-hmm. um, to get them to ask some of those questions um, that many put off until maybe – They start their families and and move Mm -hmm. away from the city. But to get them asking it now so that they can even start their families with this long-term view in mind, uh, 
So it's a challenge. Uh, uh, you know that that people aren't staying in the city forever is mm-hmm. a challenge. Yeah, but it's also a really great opportunity. Um, that you know we sort of embrace wholeheartedly. I remember praying, God, God, I feel like this is the type of person that you want us to reach out to. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, these young professionals, and um, sure enough. You know, he answered my prayers, and we got a church that's full of young professionals yeah. in the city, and and so, um, you know, you gotta be careful what you ask God for because He just <laughs> might give it. You know, so they they come and they go. So that's that's a huge challenge, but we love that. We love the fact that we're getting to really pour into people and and press them to ask the questions that they need to to ask now. Yeah, what I love about that approach too is that your focus is isn't on building numbers for your church, it really is an eternal perspective. Um, because one thing that I, I love even about my own faith journey is as I look in at the history of my life, I can think of people, even from when I was in middle school and high school, that planted seeds of what faithfulness looks like, about what loving others looks like, about uh, wrestling with the Word of God. And, and, you know, as the scriptures say, you know, in Job, you know, let, us, let us reason together. Like, like there's, I can imagine, I, I can envision all the people in my life that planted those seeds. And it wasn't until I was in my 20s <laughs> that I really came to that, that full faith and trust in, in Jesus. But uh, I love your perspective because it's not about just growing something. It's about helping somebody on their journey. So even when they leave, you know, they're going to be impacted by your ministry and take that with them, which I think is really special. Well, yeah, ab- absolutely. And, you know, one of, one of the things that we – we always remind ourselves of is that, you know, Paul says, you know, some planted, some water, mm-hmm. but God does the growth is that, you know, we might not always get to see what the work we've done, the questions we've asked, the community we've built, how that, uh, what that creates in the future. Sometimes we get to hear that and people, you know, thank us for the time they had, but we know that we're sowing gospel seeds. And yeah. and to be honest, that's just not, that's not happening very often for the the people, uh, especially the young professionals living in Seattle. So, so you know, consi- we always one of our principles at Sedaris is keep considering. Mm-hmm. So, if we can teach them um, how to consider, like truly consider, move themselves out of the center, yeah, of of sort of their search for knowledge and truth, and and put Christ there center stage. But yeah. if we teach them how to do that now, hopefully in every season of their life, mm-hmm. whatever city they end up living in, whatever church they end up in, they can bring that 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 DNA into yes. their new community, into yeah. their families. And, and, yeah. and so we don't know. We don't know what the fruit will be, but but if you learn it early, you know that it's going to it's gonna have a chance to, to bear much fruit for yeah. a full lifetime. I love that, brother. Uh, I'd love to ask you, too, I mean, just as a church plant, you've uh, been here uh, celebrating seven years now. Um, how has how has your ministry changed over the years? I'm always just curious for church planters. You always hear about kind of that three-year mark where, where things get a little bit more established. But for you at seven years, uh, what does that look like for you? Are you kind of on the, that same mission, or, or how have things maybe changed over the years? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, we feel like being in a city like Seattle, our timelines are a little bit different than what you might experience, you know, in a in a suburban church plant or something because of the transitory nature. Yeah. So it does feel like over the last seven years, you know, we've turned over a large 
you know, 80% of our congregation mm, wow. already like three times. Yeah, so yeah. we kind of have a motto actually that's uh, always a church plant. Like all, you know, because mm-hmm. there's things about being a church plant that are amazing, right? It forces you to do church um, in sort of a scrappy, gritty way. Sure, yeah. Uh, to real, you, you just, you know, in Seattle, we don't maybe have the resources uh, that you, you might have as a seven year old church plant somewhere else. And so we're always really leaning on, yes. you know, volunteer leaders. Um, to really be the heartbeat of our church, mm-hmm. and I kind of love that. I think I think that's a motto that every church could oh, live yeah. by. Always, a, always a plant because you know, as a plant, you're alive. You're con- yes. You have to be connected to deep roots. You have to rely on the Lord mm-hmm. uh, to bring the growth. And so, yeah, I feel like we um, are definitely in a different season than we were um, in the first three years. Yeah, um, it does mm-hmm. feel like. We've figured something out. I, I, I equate church planting to like um, digging a well, mm-hmm. and we're trying to find living water. And the first three years, you're wondering, are we even di- like, do we even know how to find it? So yeah. you sort of prove that you can find water, and then, and then after that, we've been sort of reinforcing the well. Yeah. Um, so that the living water is available um, for. Uh, cycle after cycle yes. of people coming in and out of the city. And so that's one of the ways we talk about it. Like we need lots of living wells all over the city yes, um, so that people don't have to walk far, travel far in mm, order to find point. Yeah. the living uh, water, which is, of course, Christ and his word. So um, it does feel like we're in a different part of the well building process, yeah, uh, but it's it still feels you know scrappy and and uh, that's great. You know, I love you that word. Got to got to strain the water a little bit, you know, because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's there's still some dirt falling in. And, <laughs> but we always tell people, yeah, yeah, be a part of this mm-hmm. well building project um, for for the years that you're here in the city, and yeah. and and even to be honest, like. Um, Having people who are established, mature Christians yeah. say, you know what, uh, maybe you've had a season of of, of great uh, life and growth in a more established church that you're in. Maybe there's a church plant mm-hmm. near you, or maybe you drive into the city in order to help reinforce these wells that are always under attack and always uh, at risk of being sort of covered up. Like, yeah. you know, maybe you want to be a part of a church plant. Yeah. There's so much opportunity yes. for, you know, mature saints to come in and, mm-hmm. and minister to these young people in our church who, you know, want yeah. to learn what it's like to follow Christ and need mentors. And so yes. I would say that, you know, yeah, I love that, that you need people from every geographical area to really see these yes. wells in a city like Seattle and say, I want to protect that well. I want to help that well yes. survive uh, through the generations. Yeah, I love that, brother. And if I could ask you one last question, you know, uh, what word of encouragement would you have for maybe young men and women who are just entering into ministry? Maybe they're called to church plant or start a new work. Uh, just what, what word of encouragement would you have for somebody who, who w- would like to just step out like that? You know, it, it, it truly is when you step into the eternal work of Christ, it gives you perspective on your whole uh, life. Mm-hmm. You know, for me... Uh, man, it was it was hard to walk away from the path that I had invested so much in, and I, I don't think you have to leave uh, your career, your job, in order to invest in the mission and the work of Christ. But uh, to spend your energy truly mm-hmm. pouring into um, the eternal kingdom building that that Christ calls us all to, it's totally worth it. Yeah, I don't ever regret 
um, leaving the trajectory that I was on to pursue this mm. this um, this new work that God had for me, and and so whether that's in sort of a vocational sense mm-hmm. or um, just uh, being a, a faithful a missionary for Christ, yeah. uh, in your church in your neighborhood, um, like investing your your energy, your time, your talents, your resources in the work that you know um, lasts forever. It's totally worth it. Yeah, it, it's you won't regret uh, giving everything to the work of Christ in this life. Love it. Well, Pastor Dave, thank you so much for coming into the studio today. It's been so great to talk with you. Yeah, great to be here too, and uh, thanks for having me. If you're in the Wallingford neighborhood of Seattle and would like to connect with Sedaris Church, please go to sedarischurch.com or call 206-643-5070. This is Adrian Tijerina, Director of Local Ministry at 820 AM The Word. Thank you so much for listening today. And please join us again for Heart of the City as we highlight the amazing work that God is doing in our city. For more information on how your pastor or ministry can be featured on KGNW, please call me at 206-269-6208. That's 206-269-6208. Thanks so much and God bless you. You've been listening to this 820 AM, the word special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, the word, go to thewordseattle.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.